Hey! Hey, welcome back to The, the Milk, Milk Diary! Diary. <laughs> <laughs> Getting good. Okay. Getting good at that. This week we're going through the top 10 outdated parenting tips. Indeed. We put together a list of really bizarre, odd, dangerous, downright just insane parenting tips from the last 100 years. Yeah. Some really bizarre stuff in this list. I'm glad... I'm glad we're out of them. I mean, most of them are like from around the 19, 1900s, 1930s. But there are there are a few that I think... Come up to like the 70s and yeah. the 80s, you know, still within these our parents' <laughs> lifetime. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Number one, baby cages. So in the 1930s, parents who lived in cities where they didn't have much green space or like a garden were recommended to build a cage, an actual cage... Just outside their window. So, like, it was hanging outside. Yeah, it was hanging. Not So, basically, like a balcony, but it wasn't, like, a concrete balcony. It was, like, a metal cage. Like, the kind of thing you'd put, like, an animal animal in. Do you know? It was looks so odd. If, if you've got Google handy right now, just Google baby cages 1930s. It is terrifying. And the, the thing is, is that they were, re- they were recommended for people in cities in tall buildings. Which seems like the worst place to have them in a busy place in a tall building. Like, if you're going to do it, at least put it on the first floor in a quiet neighbourhood. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's like, what, like, instead of just building the cage, why don't you just take the baby out of the house to a it's space? because at the time it was recommended that the kid spends most of their day outside. Because that's what, if you lived in the suburbs, they would literally just leave their kid outside in the garden. Okay. So if you're in the city, they went, oh, well, how did, how did your kid yeah, but th- do that? Oh, they sit in a cage. Well, <laughs> they sit in a cage out, out of the window. But there are still parks in cities. Yeah, but then, the, but then the, the mother can't get on with the chores and cooking dinner. Come on. Oh, yeah, sure. It is the 30s, isn't it? The dad's out there, you know, preparing <laughs> for some sort of war that's about to happen. Because that's all that was happening <laughs> around that time. <laughs> What's number two? Um, number two is potty training from birth. So what? So so like the sort of the sort of idea what? was that it was it's never too early to start potty training. Ugh. They'd sort of want to make sure that you know as soon as they could they were they were on the potty. So they would from from I think as soon as they were crawling, walking, getting them potty trained. But this says from. Birth. Yeah, because it was like, like introducing the idea. Um, well, I don't know the details, but like, I mean, I mean, but they can't sit up, they can't support their I body. Know, so, how but they'd they introduce supposed- it. I think they'd hold hold kids over like toilets or potties or whatever. What a like hard time <laughs> in I human know. civilization. You know, you got cages where you put your kids in. But, I mean, their nappies but- weren't great. Their nappies were held together by safety pins. Really? Did they have pampers back in the day? <laughs> Pampers has been around since the 1900s, did you not know? Really? No. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) No, they literally, they they would have like this, like a cloth sort of thing. Uh. And they would get safety pins and pin them together. Oh, okay. So, you know, super baby friendly. Okay. (laughs) Just like, just like pins. Just pins, just holding it all together. Okay, so they're not... uh... So they had potties back then, or were they expected to sit on the toilet? Oh, but 
They weren't really toilets oh, back in the day. Buckets. What, buckets? Like, yeah. I don't know. Oh, my God. That's so strange. Can you imagine trying to do that now? <laughs> that's insane. And um, number three is um, starting solids from two days old. Everything's from two days old. What God. is wrong with these people? And this is actually from a family doctor and a paediatrician who wrote a book. His name's Walter Sackett. Um so he sort of came up with this idea that from two days old you can feed your kid a cereal that was like um, a putty consistency, and then and that that's to replace bad breast milk. Um, and then by two weeks, some vegetables, and then by three months, bacon and eggs. Okay, that's all bizarre, but the bacon and eggs is. Is, is is insane by three, by three months so Amelia didn't start eating any solid foods until six months and that was mushed up broccoli yeah like I can't imagine me rustling, rustling up a bacon and egg sandwich for her you know when she's six <laughs> or seven months what a what a strange time to be uh, to, to be a baby I feel like there's so much pressure on yeah. babies back then to be Quite advanced. I know, and he was like, "Oh, the the patients that I have, I can't remember how many he had, because uh, I was I was reading the the book a little bit online, um, and he was like, all all the mothers that I've looked after, um, have stuck by this diet with their kids, and everyone's fine, and yeah, yeah, but bacon and eggs by three months is just, I mean, <laughs> I'm no expert, but that's that's not good for." A baby. I mean, it's. I mean, eating bacon and eggs a few times a week as an adult is not recommended. <laughs> Let alone for a three-month-old baby who is expected to sit on the toilet and do its own crap. Well, it's going to be going to the toilet a lot with a diet like that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but this doctor gets even weirder, Doctor Walter Sackett, because number four, he recommends giving black coffee to babies starting. At six months. Yeah, a morning a morning black coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so could you, you can imagine this baby. It's like a Matilda sort of life, lifestyle, isn't it? I can imagine this six-month-old yeah. baby getting up, crawling, yeah. sticking the kettle on. <laughs> Matilda vibes. Maybe that, maybe, you know, that's maybe the inspiration. Maybe that, that was the inspiration for how, Matilda. How advanced is... Yeah, because <laughs> doesn't she make some coffee in the film? Does she? Coffee, is it coffee and pancakes? And yeah. she... But she's like five or six at that yeah. time, so she's not like a few months old. But even for a five and six-year-old, having a coffee or... It's, know, is insane. It, yeah, it's so crazy. So six months old. But babies don't need coffee. No. And I also, know babies at that age need sleep. They need sleep. So to keep them up. By, you know, giving know. them caffeine. <laughs> I mean, you know, for the parents... It's it's not a good deal because it's bad for the child health wise, but also like you said, yeah. they're not going to sleep, so you're not going to sleep. But I guess there's also a thing around the time where people would give uh, babies like alcohol; they would dip the dummies in alcohol yeah. to put them to sleep. So the kids, you know, uh, there's also coffee like in the medicines morning. that they would give babies for teething and stuff that were was actually morphine. Oh, okay. So she's like, oh, this really helps. Use this for teething, this like medicine. And of course it worked because yeah, it was it, it was morphine. <laughs> I'm so the glad. more you know. I'm so glad I was born in the 90s. <laughs> I 
Like, I really feel sorry for, like, our great-grandparents. You know, <laughs> imagine the They're having a great time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, co- yeah, coffee and alcohol by the by, by the time they're, they're like two years old. And what didn't they used to actually be like Coke and Coca Cola or something? Yeah. So you know they they were they were all buzzing. They were having yeah. a great time. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the health, on the other hand, yeah, was, <laughs> and the world was going crazy at that time because you had like you had like a, you had like the Spanish flu and you had two <laughs> world wars and like you know the whole world was just like imploding on itself and all these kids are just off their tits. <laughs> I mean, you would have to be, be because uh. because living standards were pretty crap back then. Yeah, I think, true. So I guess maybe that's why they all think it was so great because <laughs> they were all highly medicated. <laughs> yeah, that's so bad. <laughs> Number five. Uh, so this is a really funny one. So in the nineteen sixties, um, they believed that if you show too much affection or too much love to your child, like you gave them cuddles, they would turn out to become a socialist. Yeah. So this so is obviously in the 1960s, which is the height of... Showing the... your baby love and yeah. making them grow into a socialist. So this is at the That's height of works. the... This <laughs> is at the height of the Cold War. So this is obviously some propaganda that, you know, Western uh, civilization said to, you know, said to people, you know, you don't want your baby growing up to be a socialist. Like them in Russia, so don't cuddle them. It's, weird. It, it's sort what? of like this weird idea, anyway, that like a soft person is is weak. It's it's weak, which still you get now, like get with now. us being like with our generation being called snowflakes, just because we care about what how people are treated. Yeah, is it is this weird idea, isn't it? Yeah, that yeah. like like showing love and affection. I don't know. Well. Yeah, the idea that if you cuddle your child and show it too much love, they'll end up growing up to be a socialist and someone who would care about the well-being of others and equality. I mean, oh, what an awful person. I mean, <laughs> I mean that is actually... I didn't realise tonight that is actually propaganda. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, it's just like, don't love your kid because then they'll be screwed up and then they won't want to love other people. <laughs> They'll become the enemy if you cuddle them. Don't cuddle them. (laughs) It's also suggesting... What a horrible world to grow up in. Yeah, I know. It's also suggesting that in socialist countries, the parents show too much love to their children. But are just nice people. Surely surely, that in itself sort of shows how backwards that that is. That's a really bizarre thing to to recommend to parents. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to move on from that one. (laughs) Um, Number six... um, you know, keeping up those beauty standards. Mm-hmm. Um, women were recommended in order to have beautiful children, pregnant women should avoid thinking about ugly people and, in- and instead sort of think about beautiful paintings and beautiful people and and sort of ideas. This was in the 1920s. Um, That's odd. Because <laughs> I'm not a expert but there is no evidence to suggest <laughs> well like back then i think works. it must have been like so important like this idea of like they must be beautiful because then they'll marry marry up and i don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just find it so bizarre how people could have actually believed that as well just i mean who's a who's a famous good-looking person from the 1920s the shelby's the, Sh- the Shelby's from 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 Peaky Blinders. Yes. 
I mean, they based on real people, but I don't think <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't think Killian Murphy was around in the 1920s, you know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, maybe I don't know. That's such a bizarre thing to say to people. But also, so like, how how stressful would that be for the mother? Just being like, being being, I don't know. She's having a down day. She's not feeling good. She's feeling stressed out, and then. Oh, what if she's got an ugly husband? <laughs> and she has can't to help but think of the ugly husband and go, no, I, I must stop thinking about him, otherwise my <laughs> child will be ugly. Yeah. yeah. Your brother's a lot more attractive than you. Can he can he come and stay with us and just look at him for like nine months so we have an attractive looking <laughs> looking child? Oh, that's so weird. Yeah. So, sorry, you must move out, otherwise our child will be ugly. Yeah. Or like her just like running around to shops trying to find magazines and newspapers of like all like the latest celebrities back in the nineteen twenties, all the attractive ones. Just like coming to the local like, news agent, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like her room ends up looking like, you know, a teenage a, a teenage <laughs> like teenager's bedroom just with all like these nice posters of really attractive people. <laughs> yeah. I will have a beautiful child. I will have a beautiful child. Yeah. Ridiculous. Number seven. So around the same time. New mothers suffering from depression were told to try furniture stripping. Now, you found this one. Yeah. Do you want to explain it? So, like, um, you know, post postpartum depression and stuff, hor- a horrible thing. So they would go to see an, an analyst and um, they'd be like, you know, save, save me time, save you money or whatever, I guess. Um, we found that women who spend their time stripping furniture, tend to, you know, do really well. Emotionally. <laughs> I guess it was like a take your mind off take of it. Take your mind off of it. Uh, but, but like, what a ridiculous a ridiculous thought that, you know, just pick up a little hobby and strip some furniture and you'll, you'll be fine. Yeah. I'm... But also that's spending time away from your kid. <laughs> Put some love into your furniture instead. <laughs> and just, yeah. What, what a strange thing to... I mean, probably that was just a way to get people to work for free. So if if a woman in that time was, you know, ha- having some difficulty with her mental health and she went to go and see someone, so she went to get, so, you know. But it's not really talking about the child at all because yeah. the whole, yeah, I don't know. So she goes to this therapist and he goes, oh, she's not feeling too great and I've got some furniture that needs... <laughs> Doing if up. you come round, you know, yeah. do you mind like sanding down yeah. my chest of drawers and you know? I think it, it was a lazy therapist who had a bit <laughs> too much, you know, kind of housework to do. And went, <laughs> two birds, one stone here. I'm gonna let her think this is helping her, and I, I get nice new furniture. <laughs> so whoever that therapist is, he's an. I don't know what they expect. How they expect her to do this while looking after this kid? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's fine because the kid is in one of those baby cages. <laughs> So she would just put the baby in the cage so, and go off and strip some furniture. So the kid's dangling out the window while she strips some furniture. Yeah. You know. <laughs> just, you know, just standard 1900 stuff. <laughs> That's mad. So number eight. In the early 1900s, children were ex- uh, accepted to be independent of their parents where they can brush their own teeth, pick out their clothes and even bath themselves completely by themselves at three years old. Literally Matilda. No, but we said Matilda was a lot older than. I three. know, but but it's this same sort of like mad idea. Imagine leaving your kid in the bath on their own. Absolutely not. Go run a bath. <laughs> I panic when I've got media in the bath and I forget a towel and I quickly got to shoot out and then grab a towel and I come back. <laughs> You're still there. Where have you gone? Because <laughs> um, Amelia's nearly three years old now, so 
so maybe this is what we should get her to do. She needs to brush her own teeth. I mean, she does that a bit. Pick out her I own clothes. I trust uh, that teeth brushing yeah. to be good. They even bath themselves. See, that's the weird one, because that's actually dangerous. I feel like she could pick out her own clothes, but she might be dressed as Elsa every single day. Or Peter Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't really, yeah. You can't really do that every day. That's mad. They bath themselves, but does that mean just like just clean themselves or just like leave them in the bath and then go? Then, I don't know. Go but even I wouldn't trust outside. her to clean herself. No. She can hardly wipe her bum. <laughs> Bless her. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting there. That's, it is mad. Oh god, all these all these standards for children. Right, <clears throat> that's insane. Um, no wonder why like people look back and look at uh, like kids now and go, God. God, look at them. They're so molly coddled. Yeah. By, by the time I was three, yeah. I was I was brushing my teeth, bathing myself, having a cup of coffee in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Mum was stripping furniture. <laughs> and she wasn't feeling too well. <laughs> <laughs> These are really insane. I mean, to be fair... Like inviting we... your friends round, mum stripping furniture. Oh, no. She's uh, like, come on, let's go. <laughs> she's in a mood. Um, I mean, we, we, it was difficult to find the top ten because we... We could have done a top 20. I yeah, mean, we found so ones. many that were really weird, but we do feel that like these are the top 10. And I'm already at number eight, and I already feel exhausted because I I feel like a failure personally. <laughs> she I does not at... live up to these standards. Yeah. Um, number nine um, was um, there was this idea that the baby's first bath um, should be like with oil in it. With oil or, or lard, because oh it was to do with um, sort of helping the umbilical cord f- fall off. Um, but oh, how grim! That is grim. If you're eating your lunch or dinner at the moment, I'm so Just sorry. Oiling your baby up. That's disgusting. Yeah, it is gross. Like they did, I think, not long after that, sort of say like, "Don't do that. It's really unsanitary." <laughs> yeah. How grim! That is quite grim. Like just. Oh, just get some. On your, just get some matey bubble bath. Do you remember matey bubble bath? Oh, is that the pirate? pirate? The yeah, pirate. they had the mermaid. As yeah, well. they had the mermaid. Oh, they, uh, were, they were great. Yeah, they had like. Do you the, know the, the no tears kids. shampoo? The which no one? tears shampoo. Yeah, it wasn't actually no tears. It was meant to be no tears. It's no tears. No tears. Why? In oh, hair. in the hair. All that yeah. rhymes actually. Because you know how it always made your eyes sting anyway. Yeah, and it was always well. That's. It smells amazing. Though. It does. Oh, I can't wait to get some. <laughs> some <laughs> Not for me, but... What's some matey bubble bath? No, it's not... It's no te- well, next time I see matey bubble bath, I'm going to pick it up and have it in my bath. Thank you very much. <laughs> Number 10. Um, don't feed your baby when you're angry. So this goes for um, um, mothers that are breastfeeding. Um, it was the idea that if you are angry or frustrated, that something goes into your milk that is bad for the kid um, and makes your baby colicky and unhappy. Well, that's bullshit. What pressure to put on, to put on a mother. Imagine, like, you're so tired and, you know, probably doing absolutely everything and you're not allowed to be frustrated or upset or angry because it will make your child colicky. What an unfair time to be alive. <laughs> I know. How much pressure do you... I, I mean, mean, it must be weird because, like, I don't know. There were, there were 
trying to figure out, oh, why could a baby be colicky? Oh, maybe it's because... Like, I, I understand this. Well, I mean, I don't understand. It's always going to be the mother's fault at first. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, women. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, but so much pressure. Jeez. But, but the idea that well, while being I was angry like, mm. is going to affect... Your milk. Your milk. <laughs> Were people just a bit dumb back yeah. then? No offence no, to anyone. Well, obviously. <laughs> I mean, they didn't know as much as yeah, we did the now. Yeah, right science then. But um, there were lots of different things that I sort of read as well, just sort of off the top of my head um, about mothers, was um, while they were pregnant, they sort of said that you could only really gain two pounds a month. Oh, what, in weight? Yeah. Oh, okay. Otherwise, and they sort of said cut out carbs... Because, you know, you don't want to gain weight while you're pregnant, only the baby. Yeah. Um, and they're like, if you if you gain more than two pounds a month, you should talk to your doctor. And um, even this Dr. Water um, guy um, was like, don't drink milk or eggs because they're high in fat and you shouldn't have fatty foods because it will make you gain weight. And it's like, what pressure to put on like a mum of like, don't eat any carbs or fats. Just eat vegetables and fruit and beans. I feel like this top ten has just been blokes telling women and children <laughs> what they should do. Yeah. There was this. There was actually an interesting thing that I read um, that said that the father should raise the kid because what could a mother teach a child? That's rude. Yeah, literally, it was the, it was the idea of going, um, I guess up until like sort of a, a year old or whatever. It's sh- yeah, a father should do it because what could, a mother can't teach literature to to her kid. Mother can't do that. Yeah, all she could do is obviously. Furniture. So she, she she can she can give birth to the child, but but that's about it. That's all she's useful for. That's an insane piece of advice mm-hmm. and this was some of the extra reading you did yeah well remember I, I read out the list so um this whole idea of etiquette school for for girls yeah um and the list of um subjects were like dieting teen fashion beauty and like they they were the lists no science, or, or eti- no maths. etiquette um grammar Sports. um you know all of that sewing <laughs> mm. it is insane mm-hmm that's all you could know. <laughs> yeah, that's all you're good for. <laughs> that was a weird top ten. I'm so, I'm so glad. Like I said earlier, I'm so glad I was born in the nineties. But you know, I feel <laughs> me I, too. But I feel that there is still there, there's still a pressure on on parents to raise their children. You know, I mean, we went through it in one of the previous. Um, episodes you know controversial parenting topics like there are still really bizarre pieces of information and advice oh, out yeah, there well, now still, obviously like, not on the level of that who, but... but i think it's just the thing like parenting advice yeah it's nice it's great but also i feel like it's not necessary like, we don't need to give people parenting advice we we can give guidelines or sort of be like mm. The sort of idea of like, oh, this worked for me. This works for some people. Mm-hmm. 
stray away from from these dangerous things because yeah. scientifically it's proven that these can harm your child. Like baby cages. Yeah, like baby <laughs> baby cages or morphine. Yeah, or um, bacon. <laughs> yeah, don't give your baby solid food too early because they can choke. Yeah, sort of thing. They have but no other teeth. than other than that, I feel like you know. Giving too much advice makes it quite hard for parents. Yeah, I think because you're already dealing with an overload of emotion, so then to deal with an overload of like information as well, yeah. and you're trying to tick boxes, and you're doing all this yeah, reading. Yeah, I think that's and... it. It's the ticking boxes, having these sort of milestone achievements mm-hmm. is sort of... Yeah, it's quite... Like, even when you go for, like, the the checkups, um, the milestone sort of checkups and stuff... Um, with um the the gp and stuff it's so stressful because all you can think is is my kid gonna reach it and then you've got this sort of pressure that you feel like you're putting on your baby to be able to to do things and it's quite as rubbish Mm. because you want to document your kid enjoy themselves but you want to document their progress and you do want to make sure they're kind of you know how far are they away from certain um certain um you know, what's it called? Milestones or whatever. But, um, yeah, just relieve the pressure a bit. Yeah. And build more baby cages. <laughs> but it's funny, because when we were watching The Queen's Gambit, you have that um, that Russian guy who's like, how long have you been playing um, chess for? It's like, since I was three years old. Mm. It's like, what the... I cannot imagine. Get, we just about managed to get her to play dinosaur bingo. <laughs> let alone chess that was an impressive i really enjoyed the queen's gambit yeah i mean i mean that was was set was that set in the 60s yeah that was set in the 60s as well yeah so around about the time where you know if she was given she was cuddled too much at the age of three she would have turned out to be i don't know a socialist (laughs) and said she played chess really well (laughs) 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 well thank you for joining us for that episode yeah it was interesting (laughs) interesting make sure you follow us on spotify and apple podcasts we are the milk diary and if you can please rate or review on apple podcasts it's really helpful um and we're also on instagram the milk diary podcasts um you can follow us for behind the scenes sort of posts um so thank you very much we will see you next week bye bye bye